Welcome, friends, to the Freedom Cast. You are not the crazy one. Not quite a podcast, but rather a kick of confidence to pursue real freedom in your life and not the false manufactured freedom of this world. My name is Jody Meschuk, and I am super excited that you are here and a part of a community of sovereign human beings. Listen, if you've been called crazy, you are not alone because I've been called crazy for 13 years talking about truth. We are going to dive deep into some controversial things. Not sure why they're called controversial when they're truth, but we're going to dig deep into them. Some hard things we're going to talk about some things that might step on some toes, and you can take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind, kind of like a buffet. My goal is just for you to feel less crazy because you're not. Truth is not subjective, but people are. Even though you know, hmm, others still don't. Where the everyday mama meets uncompromised truth and where your small apprehensive no becomes a strong and resounding hell no. Let's get into it. All right, here we are. Welcome back to the Freedom Cast, you guys. I have A.A. Ron with me today. Hello. I'm so excited. We are excited. (laughs) I'm sky high. So we have not, I have not recorded one in over a couple weeks just because we kind of took a break for Thanksgiving. Um, you know, life happens, right? We're in the middle of a basketball playoffs for our oldest son. And that's super exciting. And let me tell you, oh my gosh, I texted. So I texted one of the other moms today and I was like, okay, is it just me or why can I not sleep the night before a game? And I'm like nervous as I'll get out. (laughs) And she's like, oh, that's normal. So that's me today. (laughs) And I have to remind her that this is a Junior high. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Basketball game. Junior high. Now, Saturday is a different story when our middle son has a wrestling tournament. That's different. That's How a different, is that any different? Because that is full on contact, mat to the face, collar, flower, ear, snot, blood. I'm excited. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm excited for the game tonight. It's going to be great. Um so we were in, th- we were actually in Palm Springs. Our favorite destination. Our favorite destination. I mean, we have a love, a, a, a love of Palm Springs and a well, observation of how woke it's become, yes. <laughs> to put it nicely. But it was actually a really, really good week. Um, and, act- and, and just a side note uh, is, you know, I get a lot of questions too from people with, you know, like, what do I do? I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want to get this poison injection and have to like show my papers to go eat. I want to travel. I'm nervous. How do you do it? All this stuff, right? So bottom line, bottom line, we had an amazing time in Palm Springs. An awesome time. An awesome time. We even went shopping for a couple really cool, we found a couple really cool like antique 1950s lamps, which I'm obsessed with. We and, went out We went out to eat. We went hiking. Went, you went, you bought clothes. And, and I got a couple of vintage outfits. So anyways, how do you make it work? Well, first of all, first of all, is we have to kind of zoom out and go, I, I hold the power, right? Like I get to choose my actions every day. I get to choose what I want to do. I get to choose where I want to spend my money. I get to choose how I want to advocate, how I want to speak up, or I get to also choose if I want to stay silent, put the mask on, 
or get this poison injection because I think I have to, and I'm being feared into, let's say, losing my job or um, being feared into just kind of, you know, compromising on my values and morals. And here's at the end of the day, this kind of goes both ways, right? We make a choice if we allow that fear to take hold of us and to compromise our values and beliefs. We also make a choice, and these are conscious choices, of saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I will go find another job. I'm going to stand up for myself. I will not give that business my money. I will make it work to have it fit into what I firmly believe in. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that's the choice. Yeah. And you make it work. You figure it out. Well, I think, you know, we had such a great week. I think it all started off when we were at Denver Airport, walking around, no mask. Um, And then this lady comes up to me asking why I'm not wearing a mask. And I said, I don't have to. And from that... You don't have to. Imagine that. Because mandates are not law. Right. And Even the FAA can't make a law. So then next thing you know... I think you came over and you yeah. spoke to her and she was like, okay, she took off her mask. And then I think her husband took off his mask and it was like, ah, she, I mean, that was an amazing conversation, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like we were, I still am one of the only people that I see walking in the airport without something over my face. And she was like relieved. I think she felt relieved that she wasn't the crazy one. Right. right? Cause here's the thing is if you don't go talk to people, If you don't go hang out with people, you will feel like you're the crazy one because you have to go find the people who share your collective beliefs in order to not feel crazy. (laughs) So it's like this sense of relief that she felt. And then we had this amazing conversation about just the hypocrisy and how it's not law. And I mean, you could just see the relief on her face that she will never put that thing on her face again, probably. Correct. You know, so I, I don't know why some people are still doing it. I mean, there's a whole psychology behind it. Of course, I think you have you 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 see this experiment that has played out for 22 months of I think there's a good portion of people doing it because now they're at the point where they've been brainwashed that they just it's almost habit. Right. So like it's habit. Oh, I'll just put it on rather than breaking that habit, like consciously stepping back and going, no, I'm done with this. I'm not doing it anymore. Right. And, and then, then you bring it to the end of the vacation. So we're at Palm Springs airport, which is a really nice little airport. They have a nice little outdoor concourse, sunny Bono concourse, which is open air. And I'm sitting there, no mask. And I get up to throw some trash away. And this old lady says, you got to put on your mask. And I look, up, look at her and I said, no, I don't. I'm outside. Well, and no, you don't. Anyways, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so, you know, here's what the interesting thing is too with that is I, so you guys were sitting somewhere where I was waiting for food. Right. I was like waiting for the food. And then I went into one of the little stores to grab a couple snacks because like, that's the magic, you know, secret sauce when you're on the airplane mm-hmm. <laughs> is to have, you know, put your head down, eat your snacks. I just, ate a lot of snacks. Just don't draw attention to yourself and breathe the entire time, people. Okay. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, the flight attendants are over it to a good majority of them. Yeah. And you butter them up and there you go. But anyways, so I walked into the store. Nobody said a thing. Hmm. I was standing there inside waiting for the food. Nobody said a thing. Really? So here's the thing is like, are you going to potentially come across a situation like you did mm-hmm. where somebody's going to approach you and say something 
stupid like that, right? right? Like they have no right to say that, but they think they do because they think that they're the almighty, you know, assistant to Dr. Fauci and Mm -hmm. that they're, you know, furthering his agenda by being the mask police or the vaccine police. But anyways, you're going to have situations like that maybe, but are we going to just leave our house and expect that that's going to happen? Or are we going to leave our house and expect that that's not going to happen and live our life? Right. I mean, nobody approaches me probably because I have a really good, you know, don't, don't mess with me face. Well, you, you, you walk in, you walk in quiet confidence and, and that sort of exudes out to everybody else. And while I was sitting there, another lady came and sat older lady, cause that's where pretty much everybody lives in Palm Springs that are old. And I just smiled at her and she didn't have her mask on. I didn't have my mask on. I was like, just smiling away. Hmm. But you know, ironically, you know, still people are caught up in this lie. So when I went to the grocery store this morning, I found that fewer and fewer people are wearing masks. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. It's, it's happening guys. And so I want to just, before we move on to the next topic, I want to just encourage you to know, and, and maybe you need to hear this today, is I have from day one, so from sitting here at this desk, which I'm sitting at right now, last in March of 2020, watching those fake videos of people falling dead in the street in China, <laughs> I knew this was going to be a two to almost three year process, but that truth will always come out. The, the being on the right side of history always happens right it's hard at first but in the end you're on the right side and as we transition this brings up a great point of chris cuomo oh frito frito you know for the you know for the longest time he's been bashing people and all that and now he's uh out on the street yeah it's interesting this topic because obviously you know here's i'm just guessing here but this is just, you know, watching politics for years <laughs> and understanding that there's always a game that's being played both sides, right? Like we yeah. can, we, the, here's the thing is we can't attach ourselves to a political candidate or a political party as if like, that's our identity, right? Mm-hmm. We live in an age of politics. Politics, in my opinion, is not going to go anywhere, but politics can be used for just like money. Politics can be used for good or it can be used for evil. Money can be used for good, or it can be thought of as evil based off of greed and Mm -hmm. scarcity mindset and all that kind of stuff, right? So politics is politics. And you look at what happened with the governor of New York, his brother, right? Andrew. And it was interesting to me that they actually did indict him Mm -hmm. for the sexual misconduct. Well, they had to. Well, they had to. Exactly. It gets to a point where it's either so much that they have to do something. But I will tell you right now that there's always a backroom deal happening. Oh, yeah. Always. Well, here's the thing. So the the sexual allegations, I mean, if you don't bring forth the charges, then the Me Too movement, you know, they're going to be caught in hypocrisy because typically the Me Too movement will only target people on the right. So now you have a person on the left that has sexual allegations against him. So he eventually had to fall on the sword, so to speak. Well, and then you look at somebody like a Clinton, 
right? So mm. he's a total pedophile. Yeah. Biden's a total pedophile. Yeah. Um, but the reason that things don't happen to them is because they have so much power. They have so many people who they're holding things over. Oh, yeah. And so it, you, you look at this whole game that's being played, and there has to be a casualty, and they choose who their casualty is going right. to be. And, and in the case of Chris Cuomo, I mean, clearly he was assisting his brother from a legal standpoint and hiding evidence and things like that, which, of course, as a news journalist, that is unethical. You can't do that. And so CNN, the most trusted news and network candidate. <laughs> most trusted. Which is ironic because now I think Don Lemon's going to change his little song and dance and everybody's going to be on notice at CNN. Well, their ratings have already tanked. Well, I yeah. mean, that's that's very clear. And, and you know, again, I don't know that ratings necessarily matter to them because they are, they, they are so dead set in just spewing their hatred and their narrative. And they're so propped up behind the scenes by money from other right. outlets that it doesn't matter their ratings. Right. Well, here's the, again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's a loss of civility. And um, if you really truly think about it, today's news, both right and left, has a political agenda. Mm-hmm. And even Fox, I don't watch Fox anymore, that is, you know, at times slanted so far to the right. And if you think about it, the last honest newscaster was Walter Cronkite. Hmm. I miss him. I don't remember. I rush Limbaugh. Well, Rush could get... He wasn't a newscaster, but... Rush can also get too far (laughs) to the right. Well, here's the point is that's exactly what we're saying, right? Like, don't attach yourself to identity politics. Don't attach yourself to any of them becoming your savior. You are your own savior here on earth. Like, we have a heavenly savior. We We have a heavenly father that is you know, very aware of everything going on and also at the same time giving us as human beings free will. Right. So at the end of the day, you save yourself by your choices you make, by how you protect your family, by what you're choosing to expose your children to, by how you are taking care of your body and your health. And, you know, even going back to va- to masks and vaccines, you don't want it. You say no. No is a complete sentence. Exactly. You pull your kid from school. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I talked about this a little bit on my um, Instagram stories. Uh, and if you guys want some of the, you know, real deal stuff that I sort of unpack a bit, make sure you head over to my Instagram stories um, at the Warrior Center. But I was talking about um, just this concept of, you know, schooling, right? And and a lot of parents are under the impression that if they remove their child from the school building because they don't agree with a mask, let's say, or social distancing or all the, you know, destroying all their bodies with the sanitizer and the bleach and all the things, right? But they put them in front of a computer to learn online through the school. That is not pulling your child. No. <laughs> your The school is still benefiting from you and your child. And so you have to completely remove yourself from that system. Right. And that's, you know, the thing about it is online learning, there's a benefit towards it. I mean, I, I, I got my master's online, but when you're 
28 at the time or 38, sorry, that's a lot different than when you're 15, 16, 17, where you need the social interactions. Yeah. Actually, before we get into um, King Biden and his narrative ever so slowly crashing, (laughs) uh, let's talk really quick about that because you brought it up. And I want to touch on just mental health and kids and um, just this larger topic. Again, I'm unpacking this a lot more over on Instagram um, and in the Warrior Center. So that's at thewarriorcenter.com where you can go check that out. And that's where we go really deep into concepts, um, you know, unpacking things on a much deeper level, all that good stuff. Right. But I, I am talking a lot about the impact of mental health, depression, anxiety, technology, social media, iPhones, all the things. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I personally don't even think we have seen the tip of the iceberg with this because You look at the 22 months, okay? So it takes time. Like you're going to have a a portion of children, families, adults, human beings that will very quickly within those lockdowns or those measures of not being with human beings or being with their um, counterparts in school, socialization, all that stuff. You're going to have people who are going to have a fallout pretty quick from that, right? Like we've already seen more reports than I can count of suicide, of personal self-injury in children and teens, depression. You guys, prescribing of antidepressants in the last year is up 40% in ages 5 to 11. That's, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is kids need to be out socializing. And when you put them in front of a screen, it becomes impersonal. Um, The learning is questionable. And I mean, this happened both public and private, but now more and more you're seeing the private schools are basically thumbing their, you know, fingers to the government saying, we're going to remain open while the public sector, especially in Colorado and counties like Jefferson, Arapahoe, uh, Boulder, they've already decided to go back to the mask mandates. Which is just and, and, and mind-blowing And Polis me. is like, I'm not enforcing it. Which is interesting that Polis, so here's again, the game of politics, right? If he had his druthers, he'd probably do it. He'd probably reimpose mask mandates and vaccine passports if he really wanted what he wanted, right? But he also knows- He's up for re-election. He's up for re-election. And I talked to a friend of mine who's really- really good in politics. He's like, um, he's going to lose the election, which is surprising. And I hope he does. And because I think what's happening is, is everybody sees through the garbage. Um, In the case of Polis, he, I want to say about two months ago, he started moving to the center and towards the right, going so far as wanting to abolish the state income tax, which the progressives on the left did not agree with. So you take that and this whole entire issue of the mask where he's not now not going to enforce anything because he said he doesn't want to be like the state of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, the bottom line here, guys, is no governor has that right anyways. No governor has the power to do any of this. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, 
But real quick, back to this mental health mm-hmm. topic, because um, here's a few things to think about, which is in 2020, youth, like the majority of youth had at least one major depressive episode in 2020. That is alarming. And here's the other thing I want you guys to think about too. And this may not be your story, right? Because maybe you've already chosen, we're not going to inject our kids with this poison. Heck no. Maybe this whole COVID injection has even opened your eyes enough to where you're like, we're not going to do any more vaccines. They are worthless. They're pointless. We're never going to go back to a well check, right? Because well checks just equal sick care. Anyways, um, so maybe this has been a gateway that you have had to really go down that rabbit hole, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, but I want you to think about this, which is what is in that injection? Graphene oxide. What do we think that does to the brain? Do we think it does something good to the brain? It actually has the ability to change the brain's chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I want you to think about injecting a five-year-old child with that. Then, then you subject them, let's say, to masks and lockdowns and fear of their own bodies, fear that they're going to kill grandma, which they are not. Grandma's going to kill herself based off of her own lifestyle choices, okay? Or death just happens. It's called the cycle of life. So now you add all that in. Are we not surprised that we have a massive epidemic of depression in children? No, I'm not surprised. I mean, if you think about it, every probably every school has issues with depression. Our school, we had something like that at the beginning of the last fall with a with a student. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, is we as parents have to decide: do we give into this pressure? Or do we not? And so for us, we were like, you know what? We're going to do the online because that's the only option we have right now. Oh, but, our kids? Yeah. Oh, they only did it for like six months. No, say. it was like two months. Two months. No, it was like a month because they we did lockdown or they, you know, not we did it. They two closed months. the school for two weeks, but then they ended up saying, hey, we're so close to the end of school. Let's right. just finish it out. Right. And then our school never shut down after that. No. Yeah. But we got our kids outside. We got our kids to do things instead of staying inside. Yeah, we did. We did a lot of fishing, a lot of hiking, a lot of uh, a lot of getting in the car. And I drove to Texas like five right. times. <laughs> so, so those are the. I mean, as parents, you have to make those decisions. Like one of our children yesterday is like, "Well, what do you think about me homeschooling next year?" I said, "If you want to homeschool, fine. But here's the deal." You're not going to play video games. You're not going to do X, Y, and Z. You're going to do, you're going to have a very structured uh, learning environment. And then after that, you're going to be outside. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that means physical activity. That means running around, pulling weeds, whatever it might be. And then they said, well, I'd rather just go to school. <laughs> well, we are, again, here's, you know, just kind of unpacking this school topic very, very briefly. You still have private schools that, are adhering to this woke narrative. So it's not like all private schools no. are are just like a free pass. You have to, as the parent, get involved, okay? I am shocked at the amount of parents that do not know what their child is actually reading in their books or what their teachers are actually saying. Example, 
I was having a conversation with one of our sons and he had mentioned, um, we, he actually asked me in the car and, and this is what will happen guys. When, when we're having open conversations with our kids, when we're talking about things in a way that we're encouraging them to ask questions, to be curious, to look deeper, all of these things, right? They're going to start to really observe. They're going to start to ask questions. So we were in the car and he said, Hey mom, like, I don't understand what a vaccine is. And so it was great because I was like, all right, buddy, let's talk about this. I mean, I had to like contain myself, honestly, I had to contain myself that I wasn't going to like verbally vomit all over him. Um, other than the fact that my kids, I, I, I will admit, I have told my children, you better not vaccinate your, your children. <laughs> but um, anyways, so it was an amazing way to open up this conversation about what is a vaccine? Why does it not work? Why do people think it works? Asking him questions about like, what do you think about this? How do you think the body is designed to work? When you get sick, what happens in your body? And this is how we can begin to develop these critical thinking skills. But he had, he had made this very, very slight comment about how one of his teachers had said um, something about the vaccine, how she said, you know, it should be a choice, but I personally think it's a, a great thing, right? So that was exactly what I needed to hear in order to be able to understand more context around that from the teacher and from the school. Now, I could have just brushed it off and had been like, yeah, whatever, they're, you know, but no, I'm not going to brush that off because I want to know what my child is being taught. I want to know what they're saying. And I will step in and ask questions. And I will step in and say, no, this is not appropriate. This is not what we're doing. Um, and, and this happened two years ago when they went back to school and it was the whole mask garbage mm -hmm. in, in its height here. And I basically said to the school, my children will not be wearing a mask. And they said, okay. Now I could have sent them to school with a mask on and not questioned, right. not said anything, not stood up. I could have just shut my mouth and been like, well, everyone else is wearing a mask or, well, it's a mandate, so we have to do it. No. I said, I'm sorry. My children will not be wearing one. Thank you so much. And they said, okay, no problem. How many times do we approach something like that? Mm -hmm. Or how many times do we approach and just do it because we think we're going to get in trouble or we think someone's going to yell at us? Um, so we, how many parents actually understand what their children are being taught, right? Because this is this is private school. This could even be a co-op or a homeschool. Mm -hmm. Understand what you value for your child. And you have to know throughout the whole process what they're being taught. So we have found an amazing place, which is why they're still there. Otherwise, I would have pulled them. So you just need to know. You just need to know what they're being exposed to and how that's going and being willing to pivot be willing to course correct if you need to, if something happens. Um, but back to this topic about mental health, do you want to talk a little bit about like what you feel the ramifications are of the social media culture with teens and preteens and just how it has changed, how children have changed to be so mean to each other? Well, I think anything, and this, this also goes up to adults, you're always, um, there was a saying once, but basically you're so powerful behind a computer and even though you have all that power 
in reality, you're actually very weak. And you can stand behind a computer, type what you want to type with very little um, personal ramifications. And in this day and age, everybody has to have a cell phone. And I, it, it, I, I understand times have changed since we've been in school, but how that technology has been used to harm kids is beyond comprehension. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how, well, how many likes did I get on this picture? It's like people now view their, their, their life based on how many likes that they get. And yeah. to me, it, that's in itself is really sad. And I think today more than ever, and this might rub some parents wrong, but I don't care. Your job as a parent is not to be their best friend. And I, and I look back at our times when you li- we lived in Orange County, which is very materialistic. And there would be a mom who, let's say, is roughly our age, dressed like their daughter and trying to be their best friend while sipping on a latte. And to me, that would tick me off more than anything in life. It's like my kids would come to me, Dad, when I can have, you know, when can I have coffee when you're 18 and out of the house? Because that's how I was brought up. I mean, coffee and alcohol were almost had like an age limit on it. Um, but in terms of their mental health, there, nobody interacts anymore. And we're all somewhat guilty because it's so convenient now to text. And this is, this is where you have the breakdown in communication. This have a breakdown in social awareness and just talking to people. People don't know how to have a conversation anymore. And with teenagers, um, they can't comprehend that. You know, growing up in high school, yeah, you had a boyfriend or you had a girlfriend, they break up with you. You know, 24, 48 hours, you got over it. Next thing you're like, okay, where's the next hot chick? At least that was for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, today, you know, they'll break up over the phone and they- And they say nasty things. Oh yeah. That they would never say in person. Right. And that's because your defense, your defense is behind your computer screen. Yeah. And that's the reason why you have people that will go out there and, you know, be behind their computer screen and act all tough. But in reality, that's their security because they would never do it in front of a person face to face. Right. So, the, I mean, again... I'm unpacking this a lot on my social media, so I definitely encourage you to follow along there as well, because this is a long topic. This is something that you just continue to unpack. But the bottom line is, I don't care what anybody says. There is no chance on God's green earth that a child of even 18 has their brain fully developed. They don't. I, they don't. Most of us can look back and go, I didn't really find my confidence. I didn't really find who I was until I was like 30. Well, I think also though, if you look at the progression of society, when you and I were 18, we were more mature than today's 18 year olds. The 18 year olds before us were more mature than we were. Mm -hmm. And part of that goes back to a lot of factors. Number one, technology. Number two, um, is there peer pressure? There's always been peer pressure. Trust me. You know, um, well, I mean, I was bullied in middle school, but guess what? They had to bully me face to face. Right. (laughs) 
and and I think what happens though it's different is that when you're bullied face to face, it's not the same whereas it is on social media where now everybody in the universe, so to speak, can see what's mm-hmm. going on, and I think that's what's causing a lot more damage because now you're getting people with fake accounts with fake names chiming in and really um and there is no child i'm sorry but there is no child that is ever strong enough mentally physically spiritually to handle that there is not so here's your call here's my call to action for you guys get the iphones out of your kids hands well get them off social media now because in conversations i've been having with people behind the mm -hmm. scenes is there were signs okay there were signs that their children's brains were changing that they were becoming addicted it it can happen so subtly in the beginning we don't see it Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the child is cutting themselves or the child is in a deep dark depression and locking themselves in their room Or, or there's a trigger that's gonna happen let's not get to the trigger well i i think you have as parents when you feel there's something wrong that's your you know the intuition the holy spirit whatever you might want to call it that's when you have to take action you have to have open communication and willing to hear what's going on in their lives and at the same time um, you know, we want to protect our kids, but at the same time, we want to also have them sort of experience life, but you can do so without the use of technology. Yeah. And honestly, I'm to the point where I think as much as we could believe the lie, cause it is a lie, by the way, it is a lie that culture will tell you, well, your child can learn responsibility with a phone. Well, your child can learn responsibility with social media. That is a lie. No, they... Your child will thrive as an adult without any of that. Well, I, I look at my own experience. I found myself years ago when I'd go to work, the first thing I would do when I turn on my computer, I typed in Facebook. And then I decided to take a one-year break from it. And then I came back to it and nothing really changed. I mean, all these people that were, quote, my friends, I haven't even talked to in years. It's like no one picks up the phone and calls anybody. So finally, I just said, you know what? I went cold turkey and I deleted my entire Facebook account. And I haven't been on Facebook for six six or seven years. Yeah, good for you, honey. You hang out on Instagram, though, with all your fish pictures. Well, that's different because <laughs> I like the fish. Um, so, guys, here's the bottom line is you're you're the parent. Be the parent, not the friend. You're not the friend. You are the parent. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a heck of a lot harder to fix something after the fact than to stand in your power now and say, nope, we're not doing this. We're not giving you a social media. We're not giving you a smartphone. We're not letting you watch YouTube. We're not doing it. And here's why. And you can hate me all you want, but I guarantee you when you're 25, you're going to come back and thank me. Yeah. Because you will not have had to go through the depression, the anxiety, the maybe suicidal thoughts, the bullying, the, you know, people ripping you apart who don't even know you kind of thing. That is, that is the world, you guys. But that doesn't mean we have to be of the world. No. So get them off social media right now. Okay. Um, Let's move on. Mm-hmm. to Biden 
whose oh. narrative is following. I mean, narrative is falling faster than, I don't know, say something witty, honey. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> his narrative is falling faster than his jokes. Um, no, that was dumb. Well, if you look at what's going on with these mandates with OSHA. Maybe, well, OSHA already backed down. But hang on. <laughs> maybe the previous president was smarter than we actually knew. Again, don't he, attach yourself to a person. Because look at what they're doing in action. Because everything that's transpiring, that's being shot down, was by the the lower federal courts. All are under the previous president's appointments. And so the big one now is OSHA. And then um, the other one was the healthcare. The healthcare, uh, the judge said in the case of healthcare, you can't force somebody to get vaccinated because of the actual problem, the the health concern. Yeah. So if you if these doctors and nurses and practitioners all decide to walk off the job, it actually hurts the healthcare industry. So there again, the OSHA and now the healthcare are two big blows to to Biden, and Biden can't do anything about it. Well, yeah. So this happened. I don't know when you guys are going to listen to this, but just yesterday, a Louisiana federal judge blocked the nationwide COVID vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Now, there still is a battle going on in the military, but this sets precedent, massive precedent. Okay. Um, and here's what I want to, here's what I want to read. If the executive branch is allowed to usurp the power of the legislative branch to make laws, Two of the three powers conferred by our constitution would be in the same hands. Mm -hmm. If human nature and history teach anything, it is that civil liberties face grave risks when governments proclaim indefinite states of emergency. During a pandemic such as this one, it is even more important to safeguard the separation of powers set forth in the constitution to avoid erosion of liberties. So this is what people need to understand. Whoops, I totally dropped my thumb. <laughs> this is what people need to understand. There is a separation of powers right. on purpose. You look at other countries like Australia, England, Canada, they don't have it set up the way that we yeah. have because our founding fathers knew the potential of what could happen right. when you don't have checks and balances. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at the last... I would almost say all the way back for sure, starting with Obama, but it could go back to Clinton and even Bush because they are corrupt too. This started a long time ago of passing laws, doing things that usurped the actual checks and balances that are in place. So legislating by a hand versus going through the proper channels. This has been happening for a long time, which is why we're in this position and why people have... No clue because they don't even understand history anymore or the constitution or, or how the three branches of government are set up. Right. And that's the thing. If you think about the last time a president went so far to bypass Congress, you have to go back to Franklin Delano Roosevelt when he issued the executive order to, um, basically in turn, uh, Japanese Americans into um, internment camps throughout the Southwest and into the North. Um, 
that's the last time a president really over, I don't want, well, he did it in the case of national security. And that's the thing. When presidents try to bypass the legislative branch, they have to find a way that would justify the cause. So would it be maybe like an executive order or we're in a time of a, a pandemic or in time of war, they will at times pass or enact laws that bypass the legislative branch. And this is important, though, also to remember is that there's a time limit for emergency powers, right? So this is the problem that we as a society got into very early on was back in March of 2020. And really, I would say this kind of started uh, what started when they did the hard two weeks, stay at home and save your grandma deal, right? Um, Is that timed out by about a month? It should have, mm-hmm. right? So the reason, and I'm I'm, I'm just going to say, you, y'all might get mad at me for this because we're all responsible. It is because nobody stood up and understood the actual law that they continued to do this. Right. If people in mass were to have understood, you can't keep a state of emergency for more than, let's say, even 60 days. Like every state kind of has their own verbiage, right. but there's what's called like a reasonable, a, a reasonable state of emergency, right? That is the reason we're still here in many respects is because people didn't say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you can't do that, Mr. Governor, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mr. City Council member, school board member, woke school board member. You can't do that. That is illegal. And mandates are not law. So even if you put a mandate in place, I don't have to follow it because it is not law. Right. Because it violates the state constitution and what is protected, your individual rights that are protected, um, going back to the Civil Rights Act and Section yeah. 7. But I love that, I you know, here's the thing is we we look at, some of these little actions that happen and we think they don't make a difference, but what really is starting to make a difference are all the appointments of judges that happened during the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. That that's where you start to see things as history moves on, how that plays out. Now the Supreme court is going to be a whole nother, whole other ball of wax, because I do not think at the end of the day, Amy Coney Barry, Amy Coney Barrett is who we thought she was. So we'll see. Well, well, I would say this. Um, we'll find out with Roe versus Wade because that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think the three that were appointed by Trump have pretty much followed along to what they said that they were going to do. The one person I don't agree with has always been the Chief Justice Roberts. Well, he's that who, who was appointed by George W. Bush. Yeah. No, Bush the second. Yeah. Well, again, regardless, right? The checks and balances are what we're looking at here, and the fourth branch of government is the people, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. So the people, you guys need to understand that you are the ones holding them accountable, and you hold them accountable not only by your vote. And we can't, you guys, we can't have this whole like, I'm not going to vote because it's it's fraudulent and it's the system's broken and it's not going to count. Like, I'm sorry. That is a victimhood mentality. 
you got to go you, vote. You got to vote. You have this right given to you. Don't just sit back and go, well, it doesn't count, right? I'm not going to do it. Okay, so you vote. You don't follow things that are, are illegal. Right. You pull your children from corrupt systems. You mm -hmm. pull your family from corrupt systems. The reason you're seeing certain things shift right now are because people are finally saying no. Right. And you're having hospitals close and emergency rooms close because they don't have enough healthcare workers and they're blaming the unvaccinated because they don't want to give you the truth that people are walking off the job. Well, that and also the fact that guess what? People can still get COVID even if they got the shot, i.e. LeBron James. Oh, go talk about LeBron, honey. Talk about LeBron. Go well, for it. Well, for all you Laker fans out there, I grew up in <laughs> Showtime era. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, AC <sighs> Green. That was a good time. Those are the great days. Jordan. Of, uh, I didn't like Jordan. I was, did. No, I know, but it was the you, Jordan No, era. you like Berkeley. I did like Charles Berkeley. I did. So, I have a tattoo. Exactly. <laughs> you got a... What, what side note, why did you get a tattoo of a, of a basketball in flames? Because my mom said I couldn't. And I said, oh, well, I will. <laughs> okay. Anyways, LeBron. <laughs> LeBron. Okay. So my stance is with LeBron and a lot of people that have a lot of money that are on the left, everything they speak out against, they actually want. So in the case of LeBron, he's against... The police. He wants to defund the police, but he wants police protection. Oh, of course. They're all hypocrites. Um, he won't speak out on the, the the humanitarian crisis in China, but then will blame... China. You, no, he won't oh. blame China, but he'll blame people here in the States for you know racial discrimination. Yeah. And, and of and, course, his merchandise. And his China. merchandise. And that's the thing. You know, yes, I have stuff that has Nike on it. Does that mean I support Nike? My dollars do because I'm buying a product doesn't mean I support it. I support the name. So in this case, I'm wearing Air Force. I support the Air Force Academy. Okay. It does, and they have a contract with China. Okay. In terms of Nike, I'm mm -hmm. not necessarily all in on Nike. Okay. Um, but if you look at, you know, Stephen Kurt. You mean you don't want to just wear the old, you know, Walmart champion brand, honey? Well, I have those. That's probably from China too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, everything's pretty much from China. <laughs> um, you know, you got you got coaches like Steve Kerr that you know will not talk about the the crisis in in China, but then talk about social injustice here in America. And I'm still waiting for somebody, the reporters, to basically say, "Hang on, wait a minute. You're complaining about this, but you fail to acknowledge this and this." being the humanitarian crisis in China is far bigger, far greater than the social quote injustice here. Of which really, again, it will, they won't report on it because no. they need to keep that narrative going because it's all about brainwashing everyone. Well, That's really the it's bottom that, line. And it's money. And it's money. Yes. And the NBA is a global conglomerate that has ties in China that they don't, and Silverman does not want to upset that. Yes. Who's the commissioner? Again, remember, money can be used for good and money can be used for evil if it's attached to greed and ego. Right. <laughs> and you see this in the NFL and you see this in baseball and hockey and the list goes on and on and mm -hmm. on. There's just hypocrisy. I will say this, uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, I don't necessarily agree with him politically, 
because he's more towards the left. He's a Cal guy. Go Bears. No, but he's all for medical freedom. But he's for medical freedom. But he made an interesting point. He goes, isn't it interesting, the person in office before and the opposition party was saying, don't get vaccinated, and now they switch political power, and now the people that the, the political party said don't get vaccinated are now forcing to get vaccinated. Yep, exactly. And then there's hypocrisy. Yeah. So here's the bottom line. Don't get the shot. It's poison. That's the bottom line. Bottom line. <laughs> yep. Don't get the shot. Um, but no, in all seriousness is, uh, yeah. I mean, I've said this in another podcast. This shot does not confer immunity, period. Does not stop transmission, period does not stop death, period. It does not do anything that they want you to believe it does because they want you to be in in such fear that you will just say to yourself, well, I have no other choice. I guess I'll just take this. No, I think it's, I think the narrative though is switching. In the beginning, and that we saw this on social media, you saw people, even people that we would associate with at the gym, you know, oh, I went and got the shot. Like they, they are going to save America. Mm-hmm. Now you're starting to see more and more people do the direct opposite and saying, you know, we're not getting the shot. And what's happening now you have the president getting ticked off, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, trying to do all these, you know, decrees or well, and, executive- social, and social media taking people down. Right. Because they, they have the power to do that. And so they do it. Right. I mean, they don't have, in my opinion, the, it's a whole legal issue, right. right? But they're doing it. And so should that not open people's eyes that it's like desperation? Right now, it's the desperation shot because I think the narrative has switched. I think there are, there is a group of people in, in our societies that basically said, come hell or high water, we're not going to get the shot. And those who have gotten the shot in the beginning, you know, they were seen as the the, you know, the torchbearer, so to speak, or the brave one. And there's nothing brave about getting the shot. Uh, It's just a choice. It's a choice. And when I saw that, like, for example, one of my former classmates from high school, they post all over social media. I got the shot. My kids got the shots. Like, Like, I'm glad that makes you feel good. I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. Do I need to know what you're doing? And, And in return, I think you're doing it to get self-gratification or, you know, getting, um, well, getting a pat on the back, a pat on the back. Well, and I think actually you're right. Self-gratification. I'm glad you brought that up because here, here's what I think is actually happening subconsciously with a lot of people is they feel actually nervous about it. They actually are a little on the fence about it. Maybe they need that validation Mm -hmm. to help themselves feel like, okay, I did a good thing. I did a good thing. And, and that's, the, you know, the sad thing is, is, you know, they probably at the, you know, they probably coaxed into it. Um, they felt that, you know, in order to be a good citizen, they had to do it. And it's like, I talked to somebody close and personal to, to me and they got it. And I told them, I'm not getting it. And they said, well, what happens if it's uh, 100%? I said, I'm not getting the shot, period. And regardless. And you know what? Yeah, I got the China virus, but guess what? I survived. That's the reason why I'm here. I'm not six feet under. And that beautiful process of building antibodies. And, and here's the thing is we'll have to probably do a separate podcast about our, 
our COVID experience a little bit more in depth oh, because yeah. there really is a mental piece to it. And, um, and I, you know, what I felt in it felt very synthetic. Like I felt I've had the flu. I've been sick. Like right. I know what that feels like. This was similar, but there was a, there was something that was so different about this synthetic man-made virus and I do believe that it is messing with people's brains. I believe it's messing with their emotions. It's creating a deep, deep, dark anxiety. And you know what? That's not the virus that's going to kill you. It's your response to the virus. Right. It's your mental response to the virus. It's you and what you're choosing that's going to kill you. A virus has zero ability to kill you. Bottom line, am I saying viruses don't exist? No. Viruses exist. Bacteria exist, fungi exist, mold exists. They all exist. But when it comes to a virus, it ha it's dead. It is a dead substance. The virus cannot kill you. Your body's response to it is what matters. Right. And so I think what's happening is you have this synthetic, evil, dark component to it, and it is actually doing damage to people's mental health to where they're sick they get extreme anxiety. They think they're going to die and they let their body just go. Shut down. They just let it shut down. Yeah. I mean, and of course, you've got other factors in there of remdesivir killing people, ventilators killing people still. Right. Um, there was a judge, thank goodness. Um, I think it was maybe in Minnesota or Wisconsin. I can't remember, but he actually um, forced the hospital to give this grandfather, this patient, ivermectin. Oh, really? I cannot even fathom the fact that we are in a place right now where hospitals will not do anything that they can to safely save a patient. Well, because that's the oath. Right. First, do no harm. Right. Well, the Hippocratic oath. Well, when I went to the doctors for mine, A, I never saw the doctor. I saw the PA. And then when they, when they confirmed Well, and you that, just needed a quick chest x-ray because we were like, eh, Go check it out because then I can, then I'll know what to do right. for you. But here's the thing. Not that I wanted it, but they never even prescribed, suggested any type of medication. Well, not, well, I mean, not even like vitamin C. Right. They just like, oh, here, here's, here's, here's an information packet on COVID. Here's your oxygen level. Here's this and go rest. And it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's, it's insanity. But all right, guys, here's the bottom line is um, their narrative is crumbling. I know Slowly. it feels slow. I know it feels painful. But I want to encourage you of this is you don't have to feel that if yep. you don't want to. You don't have to be a part of that if you don't want to. That is your choice. So you have the opportunity right now to say, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. I'm going to protect my family. I'm going to protect my children. I'm the line in the sand. I'm the gatekeeper of my home. And we're not doing this. We are not doing it. And if anything, you do it to save the mental health of your children. Yep. If anything, that should be enough for mm -hmm. you to stand up and to say no. Right? Yep. But it's, I, I just, I, I, I can't help but feel in my spirit Number one, you're going to be on the right side of history. And that's going to feel really dang good <laughs> to mm -hmm. be on the right side of history. And not, I mean, not just that, but you're going to create such a, a, a life of freedom and sovereignty 
and liberty for you and your family. Right. So go do that. Exactly. All right, guys. We will see you on the next episode. Uh, don't forget to check the description below of how you can connect with, with us and um, where you can follow on social media. And again, I encourage you to go check out the Warrior Center at thewarriorcenter.com where you can um, just dig in really deep and have a community of like-minded people surrounding you where you are not going to feel like you're the crazy one. Nope. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for joining the episode today. As a reminder, you can connect with me over at thewarriorcenter.com. You can also grab my book, Autism Reimagined, on Amazon, available both Audible, ebook, Spanish, English, and you can also head to therighttorule.com for some freedom gear. Remember this, my friends, you are a sovereign human being and you hold the power not the government. See you next time.